What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Technical Motivated Theory Podcast. And you all know the purpose of this podcast is to challenge perspectives and thought processes that stop us from becoming the best and ultimate versions of ourselves. So today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a situation that I survived in my life that nearly killed me. Right. And this may be different than what you may immediately think about when I say something like that. But This was literally the hardest situation that I ever had to overcome, the hardest challenge that I ever had to overcome in my life. It challenged me mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, really every lead you can think about, right? I I think this is really one of the hardest, the hardest situation that I had to face in my life. So I'm going to just jump right into it. So the situation was, um, this was my senior year of high school uh, and... What happened was the police, you know, I grew up on the south side of Chicago where there's a a lot of crime, of course, drug infested neighborhoods, things like that. And one of the situations that happened to me that I had to really challenge myself with overcoming and dealing with and really fighting through this battle was a situation where dirty cops in Chicago put drugs on me. Right. They planted 38 bags of crack cocaine on me and I literally had to fight a drug case right and again growing up where I come from it's very typical to see people that look like me or um you know at that point in my life I had braids you know I wore my clothes a little baggier so I looked like that average stereotype right so I I can admit and understand how I fit into that but you know when you're a young black man growing up and that's what you see I mean this is the imagery that you have that's just natural to happen right it's a part of our culture It's, it's a part of our upbringing so to me and everybody else, you probably don't look at it that way. You don't think that you're being, you know, ostracized, or you're being viewed in a negative manner or light just because that's your preference of clothing or whatever you want to wear. But that had nothing to do with this situation in particular, I don't think, because I mean, it was very common for me at this point to get pulled over, get stopped, get harassed by the police often. Um, and I think in times like this it's very it's very important to understand that, you know, while for some people this is completely new, while for some people this is an eye opener, for some people this is new exposure, you know, people like me, for example, this is nothing new to me. I had to live through these things. I had to overcome these challenges and these obstacles on a day to day basis is what it felt like. So for me, you know, the things that we're seeing in the news, the things that we're seeing on social media, none of this stuff is really new, new to me. And I have, you know, a preference i mean not necessarily a preference but i have a whole objective of not allowing certain things to come into my mindset because i i don't want to relive it right and it's it's an internal struggle and battle that you constantly have to face constantly have to fight you know trying to prove yourself and things like that so this is why even in this very moment in this time in history with everything is going on with all the deaths you know all, all the police brutality, all these different things of, of unarmed black men, of unarmed black women. You know, this is this is stuff that's a constant reminder. So I think right now it definitely triggers, even within myself, a situation that I had to overcome. And that was the hardest situation I had to face in my life. So, you know, and a lot of times people don't understand this. And a lot of times people don't, they haven't experienced it. They can't really relate to this. So why I say this was the hardest situation that I was ever faced with is because, again, during this time, I'm a young man. I'm a young black man, you know, and I again, I'm used to being harassed coming from where I'm from, the areas that I lived in and things like that. But 
I wasn't used to, oh, I wasn't exposed to the system. I wasn't exposed to the systematic racism. I wasn't exposed to um, the power and authority that authority that comes behind these institutions or these processes and systems that set up for me, you know, at a disadvantage. So I was, I was saying in a sense naive, you know, I didn't think that it really existed. We saw it, you know, but once you experience it, it's a totally different thing. So it's a crazy situation that really happened. You know, it was actually on my mother's birthday, which is also even more crazy. My mother's birthday is October 1st. Mine's October the 7th. So, I mean, I'm not going to go into all the details. I, li I literally would be on this podcast for about an hour just talking about those details. But the short synopsis of this is that it was my mother's birthday. You know, I went to pick up my brother, came back. We were getting ready to go into the apartment to, you know, celebrate and go upstairs and all the other stuff. And it's not a uncommon. Again, detectives come from the side of the buildings and they want to search us. Okay, cool. This is kind of routine at this point. Search us, get it over with. You want to search the car? Okay, get it over with. I mean, and then it just kind of really transpired from there. It really just went downhill because at that point, I thought I knew my rights. At that point, I thought I could speak on the fact that, I mean, you have no reason to search a car or whatever, any of that property. We're, we're right here. We're getting, getting ready to go into the apartment. So, Long story short, I mean, that turned into a very chaotic situation, you know, to the point where I was choked in the back of a police car with my hands cuffed behind me, uh, all type of crazy stuff, right? So we get taken to the precinct and, you know, they were being very strategic in that moment while I was in there in the, in the station, me and my brother um, strategizing. They would go off and have quiet meetings and come back and write stuff and type stuff. So it was very crazy. And this was my first real eye-opening experience this was the first time that i was really able to see this system and how it was stacked against me to see how it really was designed for me to lose so just having that exposure i mean it was it was it was really disheartening it was it was heartbreaking and the crazier component to this is that they knew again like i said my birthday was the seventh my mom's was the first and by the time they placed my first court date I was legal at that point. I was legally able to be charged as an adult. So they were being very strategic. And this, again, is just stuff that really got exposed to me. And as I saw more and more of it, I was like, this just can't be true. This just can't be happening. Like, this is this is really not, this is not a thing, right? I was like, this is, I was in denial, right? So this was, again, this is why it was the hardest situation I had to overcome because Going in front of that judge that very first court day, that very first time I was able to, or I was trying to defend myself, this is the very first time that I ever felt hopeless, right? It's like my life was being dangled right in front of my eyes and there's nothing that I could do. I couldn't speak. I couldn't say, you know, my truth, detectives or whoever, the officers come in there and literally swear on the Bible and lie, you know? So these were the first moments that I really, really saw you know, this firsthand and how it affected and almost could take away and ruin my entire life, right? 38 bags of crack cocaine, you know, they were, I was facing 16 years. If I would have got convicted, I would have been facing 16 years. They were trying to give me 16 years for 38 bags of crack cocaine. So again, you, as you can see, you hear that, you can see I'm, I'm, I'm a teenager, right? I'm, I'm like, dude, my life is literally, 
you know, in the hands of somebody else, at the mercy of somebody else, you know, and that was a real challenge for me. It was a real struggle for me because that was I was in denial. I was naive. I didn't want to accept the fact that this was something that really happened. You know, like I said, you know, the areas I lived in and where I grew up around, it was common for the police to harass and whatever. So that becomes almost second nature. Like, OK, this is routine just about now. So but when it got to the point where I literally like firsthand experience what I was where I was injected into a situation where I felt absolutely hopeless when I, I got injected into a situation that I had no control over. When I got injected to a situation where I, I saw my life being snatched, my future being snatched away from me. And what makes it even worse is the fact that I'm, again, this is my senior year of high school. So I, of course, had to get permission to be out for for a prom because I was on a curfew, right? I couldn't be out the house past 10, 10 p.m. I couldn't be out the house before 6 a.m. So I'm on a curfew and these detectives could call any time of the night. They would show up at any times of the night after making a call. So they'll call me at two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning, like back to back. You know, I had to go downstairs, be there to see them because they want to verify and make sure that I'm actually in the house. You know, so all these different things was going on. I'm, I'm in jeopardy of losing my full tuition leadership based scholarship that I had, you know, fought so hard to get posse scholarship. Shout out to posse. You know, then that's a very rigorous process that you go through. You get nominated and from a pool of about sixteen hundred people. You actually, you know, through dynamic assessment processes, they dwindle it down to I think at that time it was like five partner schools. So a total of, you know, 50 people because every individual school each partner school had a cohort of like 10 people that went off. So, you know, being going through that process, you know, I'm on National Honor Society, principal, scholar, you know, quarter after quarter, semester after semester, student athlete, you know, you name it. You know, high school really felt easy to me in a sense. I'm taking AP courses and all and I did very well. And, you know, I'm seeing all this stuff. So, of course, you would think that you're on a trajectory to have a promising future, you thinking that you're on a trajectory to, you know, maybe impact the world in some capacity or whatever. So you're not, the last thing that I was thinking about was that my life, that my future was at risk. The last thing that I was considering was that my life was about to be taken away from me, that I could possibly have all that get thrown away because somebody else or this unjust system or somebody else's power and abuse of power. So for me, this was a real this is a real struggle for me. It was a real struggle for me because, again, while I say it challenged me on every every aspect you can think about emotionally, spiritually, mentally, you know, every everything, because there were days where literally I felt I wanted to give up. There were days that I felt that I literally had bad thoughts. There were days I felt that I was going to do some harm to somebody or myself. You know, I had those very bad thoughts. I had very dark days. I had, you know, really low moments through this entire thing. And another reason of it being or feeling like it had so much weight on me was also because at that moment, no one really knew this was going on. People in that I went to school with, I mean, there were some teachers um, that did know because they were closer. My family, of course, but a lot of people didn't know that this thing was going on. And that's the struggle because that's the reality of people that look like me. That's the things that we have to go through. 
You know, like nobody knows the next man's struggle, but guess what? The man on the side of you could be going through the exact same thing. And that's that right there is the problem. So for me, this was so challenging because I literally had days where it was like, I mean, if somebody speaks to me, I might as well just you, I might just go to jail today. Like if you say hi to me, I might just spaz out and go to jail today. Like that's those were the thoughts that I had. Like if I had, you know, I, I'm not even going to get into it, but I literally had bad thoughts. I had suicidal thoughts. I had all these different things that was going through my mind, going through through me on a day to day basis. Right. And this was, again, this was the hardest. I've been through a lot of other stuff. And for me, I think this was the most challenging situation that I ever had to come through. Because although that I was walking the streets, I was walking as a free man, right? In the sense, because I'm not locked up in a cage, I felt enslaved. I felt like I was in prison. I felt like I was detained. I felt like I was locked up. I felt like I had no power and no control of my own life. And why I feel that way is because do you know how hard it is to walk as a free man, essentially, but every step, every move, every process, everything you could think about, everything has to be super calculated because I know if I, you know, succumb to these emotions, if I succumb to this pressure, if I succumb to, you know, this bad thought, this ill will that I have going within me right now. There's a real possibility that I lose in this situation. There's a real possibility that my life takes a complete detour. There's a possibility that my future is gone. You know, so these were moments and things I had to fight with every day. You know, in that sense, you think about it. It's like some days I was like, I might, I, I, I would rather be locked up, you know, because me being locked up, it feels like, I mean, I, I can guarantee that I'm already in the place that, if I do make a bad decision, I will end up at, right? So if I'm already in this cell, you know, in this cage or whatever, I mean, it's, it, it's nothing else that I could do because I'm already in the worst possible place, right? But so imagine having the, the having to fight and maintain a perspective of understanding that I have to essentially do everything perfect right now have to do everything perfect right now because my life is on the line. My future is on the line. Imagine having to do that every day for about a year. Imagine having to do that. Like to this day, I can tell you, I don't remember anything about my 18th year of existence, but this court case. And I can relive this moment. Every moment is rushing back to me. Even in this moment, like every moment, every aspect, every emotion that I felt, I still can trigger in this very moment. I still can feel right now as strongly as I did that first day. Those that second day, that third month, that fourth month, you know what I'm saying? So I had to live this. I had to go through this entire process. And the thing that I, what helped me, the processes that I had to put in place. So we think about how, how challenging these situations is and, and, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, there's not a lot of people that could, especially minorities, especially black men, young black men. Right. I was I had a, a, a public defender that was trying to get me to take a plea. I had a public defender that could barely remember my name at first. Like I had these situations happen where it was like it was it was looking like it was the end for me. Right. It was looking like this is it. Like I have no idea how this came about, but. No. And it was just something deeper within me that was just like, I'm not going to be 
come a statistic. It was something deeper in me that was saying, I'm not going to allow this to happen to me. It was something deeper in me that was saying, this is not it. Keith, this is not it. It was something so deep that was just saying, I'm not going to let this happen to you. This was me. I had to coach myself. I had to pull myself out of this. I had to push myself through this. You know, of course, you have support from people around you. And, you know, it's not bad that people want to help and support you or whatever. But, you know, it's the reality of you're not that that person is not really in that situation. Of course, they're living it through through it with you they're there with you but it's not their life right so i had moments where i felt like yeah although people were saying they supported me they were there for me or whatever i felt completely isolated i felt like i had no one i felt like i was alone i felt like again this was it i was i was by myself i'm facing 16 years i have no control the judge was a dick he subpoenaed not only my attendance to the class I mean, to school, to each individual class. I had to send my grades in. He didn't believe anything I said. So I had to prove this. This is where, why I say, if I sit back and I analyze the hardest situations or any situation that I really had to overcome, any challenges I really had to overcome, I can always boil it back down to three simple things. This is where my theory, my equation, all this stuff stems from. I had to. I had to develop a process. I had to develop a process to stay sane and focused. I had to make sure I maintained control of my life. I had to make sure I maintained control of my life. I had to get my power back. I had to get my power back. So what did I do? I developed a process. I developed a process that would help me win. I develop a process that would allow me to maintain and get my power back. It wasn't easy, but I did. So the first thing, I had to develop a challenge mindset. And a challenge mindset was me literally every day. When I had that bad thought, when I had that thought that I wanted to do some damage to myself or someone else or some property or whatever that was, when I had those moments, I had to challenge those thoughts in those moments real time and say, you know what, Keith, it's okay to feel this right now. It's okay to have this moment. It's okay for you to feel this, but we're not going to let you stay here. We're going to have this moment. We're going to have this downtime. You're going to cry. You're going to do whatever you need to do. You're going to punch something. You're going to yell. You're going to do whatever you need to do. You're going to have this moment. You're going to have this moment. But right after that, we got to shift this because it's not healthy. It is not going in. It's not going to put you in a place in a position that you want to be in the end. So we got to kill it right now. I had to challenge myself every day when I got up and before I knew it, my body was making a motion to do something that was about to deter my life. I had to correct myself in those moments. I had to I had to challenge my tongue. I had to challenge what I said and the things I thought about in the process. I had to do all of this stuff. That was a challenge mindset. I had to constantly challenge myself, reinforce positive thoughts. The next thing, I had to have a very, very deep motivation. I had to have a deeper motivation. My, I had to dig within myself and say, what is it? I, I can't let this happen. What is going to keep you focused? I cannot become a statistic. I'm not going to become a statistic. I'm not. I had to dig, dig deep within myself. Like what? 
because the deeper motivation for me was that I, I could not become a statistic. I could not let this happen to me. If there was any breath in my body, there was any power that I still had control over. I was not about to let this happen to me. So I had to tap into and latch on to something. And that something for me was I had to understand and tell myself that this is not about to happen. You're not about to become a statistic. You're going to take your chances in court. You had the, I had the faith. I had to keep challenging myself. I had to stay motivated. And then the last thing I had to do, I had to keep, of course, the change actions. I had to put the actions in place to make sure that I finally I follow through. I had to follow through on everything that I was putting before me. I had to follow through. So while the judge, again, is subpoenaing everything, he wants everything. I'm giving him everything. I had to stay on top of that. Where, you know, school was once a fun thing, an enjoyable thing to me. It became tedious. It became a challenge. It became, you know, something that I was no longer interested in simply because the reason and the intent behind it now has completely shifted. So I had to challenge myself to make sure that I continue to do my work. I continue to go to class. I continue to go to school. I continue to get three nines, four point oh's, take AP courses and pass those. And, you know, I continue to stay on principal scholar, National Honor Society, honor roll. I had to continue. I had to continuously act. I had to continue to do. I had to continue to do. So this is the process I put in place. And I know for a fact, had I not done this, my life would be completely different right now. There's no telling where I would have ended up had I not been able to develop this process and reinforce these things within myself. I was facing 16 years. My life would be completely different. My this this situation forced me some at some points to think about me not being here. Like I had suicidal thoughts at some points. I literally did. I thought that it would be easier to not have to deal with this. If I'm not here, I can't deal with it. I had bad thoughts about hurting other people. You know, it was a lot. This situation was very bad, you know, because when you, you're, and I was, and I know me, right? I know at this point in my life, I know the type of guy I am, right? I'm, I'm very strong will, right? I have a, you know, very unique perspective and I'm about fairness more than anything. So the moment that you, you I feel you're no longer being fair to me. I'm already cutting you off, right? But when I feel like you're not being fair to me and you have an advantage because you're you have the abusal, I mean abuse of power, and it's directly affecting me and impacting me, that's a real problem and challenge for me. So, as you would imagine, that would be for anybody, especially a young man, a young black man. This is the situations that I that we we we're faced with. This is a situation that I had to endure and overcome. So, yes, this was the hardest situation I've ever had to face in my life, because, again, I, while I felt I had to do all it, develop these processes, I felt like I was isolated. I literally had to coach myself through this. I literally had to stay disciplined. I had to stay dedicated. I had to find power. I had to find a source of power within myself that was so strong that literally pulled me above this entire situation. So 
This is why I say I, I understand that it's not easy to challenge yourself and change certain aspects about yourself. It's not easy. But once you develop the right perspectives, once you develop the right processes, once you start to develop the right kind of mentalities and you start removing these blockages, once you start to really understand how you think, how you operate, how you how you accept things, how you don't accept things, like once you start to really do this, understanding the mental ceilings that you have, but you will never understand and get these things unless you start to explore. But once you understand this, you become more of an objective thinker. These processes become more second nature. And this is to this day, a process that I have developed that I put in place in any tough situation I come into counter with. So that's why I know this process works. Because had I not implemented this thing, had I not done this, had I not found that deeper motivation, had I not challenged, constantly challenged myself mentally, had I not continued to act, change actions, my life probably would have been totally different. And, and a lot of you all, or maybe any of you all would have probably never met me. So I ask you, when you challenge, when you when you feel like you're in a position of hopelessness, when you feel like the odds are against you, when you feel like there's nothing left in your tank, where is your reserve coming from? Do, are, are, do you have a reserve of energy to pull and push you through? Or are you maintaining that situation that you're in? Are you accepting defeat? Are you accepting defeat? If you ever do, I challenge you, tap into that deeper motivation. Challenge yourself daily to think. Think about the actions that you need to accomplish those goals. Think about the actions that you need to pull yourself out of that situation. Think about it and then implement and act on it. It's not going to be easy, but as long as you put the process and you establish it one day at a time, that's all you can ask for yourself. You have more power than you think. It all boils down to how long and hard you're willing to fight. So ask yourself. Ask yourself this. How much can I really endure before I'm ready to quit? Technical motivator.